You're listening to the Health Smut Podcast. I'm Dottie Dynamo, sexy worker, burlesque dancer, and the stripper health coach at Fit Show Girl. The health, fitness, and adult entertainment industries are full of dirty diet culture, and I'm here to help you strip it all away so you can quit picking apart your body, dominate the weight room, and build a healthier hustle. Hello, my sexy friends, and welcome to episode 12 today. We're talking about how management, venues, producers, customers, how they all play a role in the bullshit body standards that we are held to in the entertainment, in the sex industry, in all of these industries where we are putting our body on display for the pleasure of other people, right? We, where we are providing a service for exchange for money. And yet, even though it is in our freedom and our autonomy to choose this line of work, we are still held to these standards of the beauty myth. Uh, If you're not familiar with the beauty myth, pick up the book by Naomi Wolf. It really dives pretty deep into where this where the beauty myth comes from, how it is used to keep women preoccupied with other things so that we are easier to control. It's, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. The book at this point is pretty old, so a lot of the statistics inside are dated. But it, honestly, as if you read it today, it would still feel very in align with the beauty industry, with the body standards as far as hiring practices at clubs, as far as corporate gigs in the burlesque world. Even though we are moving more and more into seeing a wide array of bodies in the media and in magazines and all of that being promoted, at the end of the day, right, it doesn't really change. Unfortunately, we haven't made it to the point where it changes a wide variety of bodies being accepted completely in the mainstream side of the sex industry, right? Because, and to talk about that, the more mainstream something becomes, the more body ideals become commonplace for hiring practices. Burlesque these days, in this era, in this neo-burlesque phase, is typically seen as very body inclusive. But when it comes to corporate gigs, they typically only want the thin or the no tattoos or minimal tattoos, super classic act. I mean, kind of depending on who is booking this gig, but for all intents and purposes, the majority of corporate gigs are looking for that certain body type, that archetype, that classic showgirl pin-up clean-cut look think about vegas showgirls like not even taking vegas strip clubs into account yet that's a whole other beast and i have a story on that that we will get into but let's take the idea of the vegas showgirl and think of the movie showgirls it's even a better um tangent that i wasn't planning on going on 
right? There is this idea that dancers should have a certain body type, that you should be thin, you should have minimal body fat, you should be toned but not bulky, you should have no tattoos or very minimal tattoos. That's sort of changing these days, but if we think of the overarching theme of the showgirl, right, there's, it's almost the ageless beauty, which is hilarious in its own if you think about it. Ageless beauty, that's not a thing. Everyone ages. We all age. And so one of the messages right inside of the beauty myth of my Naomi Wolf is that as women, we have been taught that aging is a weakness in a sense. So we buy into all the creams and the lotions and the these things and the surgeries and <laughs> spend so much money fighting the inevitable age because there's nothing you can do. You will age. There's no fountain. There is no fountain of youth. It is non-existent. The best fountain of youth you can have is drink some fucking water and get more sleep. Okay. Right there. <laughs> anyway, let's get back, um, off of that tangent for a second. And let's actually talk about Vegas hiring practices. So at the beginning of 2020, <laughs> oh, the beginning of 2020, I had gone out to Vegas to dance. My plan was to move to Las Vegas. And so I wanted to go out and dance in the clubs first to get an idea of how I felt about dancing there. Because if I was moving to Vegas, I knew I would be dancing in Vegas. And I wanted to make sure that dancing in Vegas was something I even wanted to do because I knew it was going to be more cutthroat. There were going to be more girls. The hustle was going to be different completely than the hustle that I was used to. And you can always learn a new hustle, but I just, I needed to dip my toes in the water before I made that commitment. So I went to a few different, three or four different clubs. I know I went to Hustlers, I went to Spearmint Rhino. I went to Treasures. I think I intended to go to Deja Vu, but I didn't make it there. I got hired at every club that I auditioned at, but they all sort of treated me and hired me in different... Oh, Sapphires. That's the other one I went to. I did not get hired at Sapphires. All right, let's get into this. So I, when I went to Hustlers... When I was auditioning, there were they were doing re-auditions for all of the dancers. Apparently, this is a thing that they do at Hustlers. They do every six months, they do a re-audition process. And I just happened to be there in the midst of this. So the girls were literally coming into work just to do their re-audition. Which, and... Being on the sidelines and watching this as someone who didn't work there and watching the girls come in, it was very clear that the re-audition process had everything to do with making sure that your body was still up to code or still up to how they wanted you to look. And that based on your re-audition, you may or may not be able to keep, one, your job, but more likely the shifts that you had been working since L, uh, since Vegas is a 24-hour city, there are 24-hour shifts at a lot of the clubs, not all of the clubs. Uh, at Hustler specifically, I do believe it was a 24-hour club or pretty close to that. 
So say at, up until this point, you had been given the high uh, population, high, what is the word I'm looking for here? Whatever, high turnover, lots of customers. You're getting like the peak hours. There we go. The peak hours of clientele. If during your re-audition process, you were deemed maybe not good enough for those hours anymore based on your appearance, they might boot you to the overnight shift or the day shift or the hours, different hours of the day. And this is just one of the many fucked up ways that we are now deeming dancers worth what shifts they're worthy of working, what money they're likely worthy of making based on if they have been able to maintain their body up to a certain aesthetic. So they did end up hiring me. I was auditioning at the same time as another girl who was much younger than me. Um, much, much younger than me. Although most dancers are much younger than me at this point. And it was very clear to me just from like observing her and talking to her that she was very caught up in the dancer hustle, drug, body, aesthetic, unfortunate situation that is rampant in the industry. Um, so they hired me, but only for any time after 3 a.m. So I could come in anytime after 3 a.m. and I had to leave, I think, I think it was like before 11 a.m. So clearly I'm getting the like overnight, probably not a ton of people, um, getting like the breakfast shift. This other girl who uh, auditioned with me, we both, so we came in at the same time, we got dressed together, we did our stage dance audition together, we got our photos done at the same time. They hired her for any time, any hours. Uh, so I knew at this point, having watched the re-audition process happen, having my audition where I am, I, I may not look <laughs> 10 years older than this girl, but I'm just definitely 10 years older than this girl because we had a conversation. Um, and just to see how those hiring practices happened in real life. And that based on our aesthetic and our appearance, she was given the opportunity to work whatever shift she wanted. And I was hired for essentially the red eye. At another club that I went to, so the club that I actually ended up working the most shifts at, um, just because at this particular club, they, they only have, they were only open, I think, from like three to... I don't know, six or something in the morning. So they really only had one shift per se. They didn't do it in shifts. You could just come whenever you wanted. Everybody had that option. So they hired me there. But upon hiring me, the comment, the manager made a comment that I looked good, but I needed to tone up. But yet he still hired me. So another thing that is really in my mind about this particular club is that so all the dancers come in through the main entrance and then the desk 
where people pay their admission to get in is right next to the little hallway that the dancers go down to get to the locker room. And in this hallway, which is right next to the cash room where you check out at the end of the night, pay your house fee, all that, is a doctor's scale. You know, the kind you step on it. You can like raise up the metal part and check your height, all of that. The old school doctor's scale right there. And I saw multiple girls over the week and a half that I worked that worked there come in and weigh themselves and it just it fascinated me that fascinated me and the fact that this man hired me for the job while also making a comment about my body and how much they choose to use that leverage over you Right? Like, yeah, I'll give you a job, but while I give you this job, I need to let you know that, like, you you should probably, like, fix this thing about yourself. Like, I po- kind of almost didn't give you the job, but I'm going to give it to you, but I'm also going to tell you this thing, and it's going to get in your head. It's how they keep you down. It's how, so it's just this way to emotionally manipulate the women that work in these industries because they know there is no money if we are not there. There is no money if we are not there. We are the money. (laughs) We are the money. And we know, as the women who do these jobs, that the clients and the customers like a wide range of bodies. And yet, despite that, we are held to these parameters of which our body should look like in order to be worthy of having the job and but they'll still give us the job even though we don't uphold that but they'll hold it over us by giving us maybe the worst shift or mentioning it or putting a scale right where you have to walk in every single day like what the fuck is that about anyway it's it's just, it's really, really, really sad because, right, under capitalism, the, be- the, the most profitable, profitable way to be a woman is to capitalize off of your looks. You are told from birth, essentially, maybe not birth, but you know what I'm getting at here, that your looks pretty much determine if you're worthy of getting a certain job, how you're going to be esteemed for love, all of these things. And so to flip it on the head and charge for that, to be like, all right, cool. Well, if that's what I'm worth, then this is how much money you should have to pay me in order to be in the presence of these looks. But despite flipping that narrative on its head, we're still wrapped up in the dieting and the body messages as the women who haven't flipped it on their head and started charging for access. The only difference is we're charging for access, but we're all still subscribing to the same bullshit body messaging. Whether that is subscribing to it just enough to be able to keep your job or subscribing to it in a fact that you are unhappy in your body unless it fits the narrative that you're told 
it needs to in order for it to be worthy and beautiful. And clearly the biggest, the biggest problem here is that clubs remain largely owned and operated by men. And men are the number one perpetrator of enforcing these bullshit body standards. So despite knowing that it's bullshit, we're still forced to play the game. And even if you are just playing along, it doesn't take much for it to start to infiltrate your brain. It doesn't take too many comments over and over and over and over before it really, really starts to creep in. Right? How many times is your manager going to make a comment about your body before those messages start to, like a little worm, drill their way into your brain? How many times can shitty customers make a comment about your body, about your ass not being big enough, or your belly, or this, or, or particularly, like, I have breast implants. I got implants. I love them. I would do it again. I would love to have the money back, but I would still do that again. And I remember a customer very specifically who had seen me with my top off because we were at the club said to me that he was so happy they didn't ruin my body like so many other girls in the industry by getting implants. And clearly he is an idiot because I have them, but the point is... What? How is doing what I want to do to my body ruining it? And these comments that are constantly thrown at us, if you don't have a healthy handle on your body image and your self-worth and your approach to how you eat. And if your workouts aren't just a means to an end, and by that I mean you aren't just working out to maintain a certain aesthetic, it is really easy to be in the bell jar about how you feel about yourself. And it can be pretty hard to pull yourself back out of that. Because there's a fine line between understanding that maintaining a certain aesthetic or buying into that aesthetic means having more control over men. Because, well, men are dumb. (laughs) And they will do anything for a beautiful woman. But then there's that getting, right? There's that getting sucked into the body obsession to the point that it becomes not about flipping the script on them anymore, but by failing prey to the marketing that pokes at our desires and our insecurities. So it's this, it's like a tightrope that you have to walk, especially when your job is being paid to be sexual, is being paid to be in your underwear, is being paid to be on stage performing. When your job involves the vulnerability of exposing your body to people over and over and over again, whether that's vulnerable for you or not, because obviously there's, it, it can't be that vulnerable to you if you're doing it, or maybe it took getting over a hump in order to do it. But even so, we are human and we all have good days and bad days in terms of our body. So how do we separate the two? How do we show up unapologetically as ourselves while maintaining our jobs, our work, and our worth when they are so deeply tied to our bodies? 
we have to first start separating the fact that how our body looks and this pursuit of thinness is actual health because it is not. And that's really hard when it does determine your ability to keep your job in this industry because it can. It can determine whether or not you get hired or not. And that's a really hard road to have to travel all the time. But from personal experience, I can tell you that the more that you can separate the way that you eat and the way that you work out from the quest of maintaining a certain body type and start focusing on it as an actual quest of health, the easier it gets. And that because you know the two are not inherently related, if you get that shitty 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. shift, you take it and you suck it up and you wow them until they give you better hours or you go audition at the next club, you email the next producer, you show up at the next venue because unless you happen to live in a town in which there really is only one location to work and you do not have the means or the privilege or the access to another opportunity, the answer that you're given isn't the only answer. It isn't the only option. And by allowing someone else's value of you based on your appearance get into your head, you're yet again allowing this beauty myth to dictate your worth. So if you're ready to really dig into this and so many other facets of how your boundaries and your approach to eating and your workouts are reflected in your body image and your self-worth, Hustle, Grind, and Align is opening soon for shippers, babes, who are ready to unfuck their approach to health so they can show up more unapologetically. You can get on the wait list by heading over to my link tree. It's linktree.com forward slash. I don't know if it's a forward slash or a backslash, but it's linktree.com slash fit showgirl. It's F I T S H O G R R L. If trying to figure that out is confusing and you follow me on Instagram, you can just click the link in my bio. It's that top button, the hustle grind and line waitlist. The doors are opening soon and they will open to the waitlist first. So if you want to get on it, I recommend doing that now. That's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoy whatever else you have on your agenda for the day. Get out, get some sunshine, and remember... Your body does not determine your worth.